rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach, A to Z, no BS. We are coming at you with show number 57. No. Yes. No. I'm pretty sure this is... <laughs> I'm pretty certain. I think, I think Sam Fister last week was 56. 55. Oh, I'm... Okay. Well, I've already ruined. I've already ruined the episode. Look, okay, yeah, because I had to go back and fix it. Because I actually labeled it as fifty. I think I labeled it as fifty-six. No, I labeled it as fifty-four. So I had two fifty-fours, and I had to go back and edit it and change it. You know, it's kind of like birthdays. After your first twenty or so, <laughs> you kind of lose count. And just start naming them whatever we and want. And more importantly, nobody cares. So. Well, we care because at the end of the year, we have to be like, we've done this many podcasts. Sure, sure. No, there's, there's definitely that. Um, so and, 50, only, and only for that. Got to pump those numbers up. 56. Yes. All today right. is 56. Well, thanks for listening in. And we are on, uh, what is this? The first weekend in February? First Monday in February? Seven, seven, or is it the second? I think it's the f- I think it's the first Monday of February. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Actually. Yes. Technically. And then next week we're going to be spending Valentine's Day together. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because Sam was on the 31st of January. Right. All this to say, all this preamble is to say, I just can't believe that it's February 2022 already. And you know what that means. It means we are within just a few weeks of the one-year anniversary of me shattering my leg. Oh, which means that I'm just a few weeks behind that of tearing my bicep. Right. Right. We, we'll have to do a, an episode because there are, I still have limitations. I'm sure you have limitations, too. We don't have to go down that road today. Right. But I still, like today, when I was spotting a bench press, my bicep was like, bruh. So. Yeah. I'm sure there are days where, like, your legs, like, hey, man, nah. That's, that's <laughs> pretty much the only thing my leg says to me is nah. <laughs> but no, I was on uh, logging into Facebook the other day, and I think we were talking about how my Facebook habits are I look at, like, the first one or two things in my algorithm, and then I turn it off. Well, Oftentimes, that is memories, you know, mm. Facebook memories. And I think our episode 10, maybe, or maybe it was, uh, maybe it wasn't that many. But I think it was episode, uh, it was either 8 or 10, um, that, that memory popped up on my Facebook. Yeah. I think that was back when you used to post our episodes every week. I did, and then after a while, I stopped doing that. Yeah. I don't really have a reason other than, well, so Facebook does that annoying thing where you can't post a link in the status. Like they, they, they don't mm. like when you post other websites in your own right, status. Right. So you have to like write a status and then post it in the comment section and then probably do that annoying thing where you like, like your own post and like your own comment to like garner the, the, the interactions. Yeah. 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 And yeah. all of it, I'm just like, this is dumb. Yeah. So I just don't do it. No, fair. Yeah. Fair. I'm, I'm the last person to uh, criticize anybody's posting schedule or what they do or do not share. Right. Well, and there, there ought to be a reason, right? Aside from getting more listeners to the podcast, which is a good reason, ostensibly we do the podcast to share our knowledge and our expertise. In theory, that would help us each grow our respective businesses, correct? That would be the point of marketing. Sure. I'm in a good place where my business is growing at a, like a, I'm going to say a decent clip. It's growing at a manageable clip. That's always my fear is. Andy prefers to yell into the abyss. He doesn't actually want anybody listening. He just right. wants to, I just want to ramble and, and the, rant. Yeah. And he's just no, hoping I, that nobody hears it. I just, uh, you, you know, not that I'm, I, you know, people are calling me right and left, but the, my business grows at a clip that I can manage and still deliver what I want to deliver. And so I'm fine where I'm at. I don't need to put it on blast. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I get that. I get yeah. that. Um, yeah. So all that to say, it's just funny how the time flies. Yeah. I didn't know if we'd be doing this a year from then. I here a, we are. I had a good feeling. Yeah. 
Once you agreed that we could drink beer while we did it, I was like, man, sold. <laughs> right, right. I'm easy to please. Um, yeah, man. So, as is often the case, we, uh, we waltzed in with not any particular topic on the brain, uh, but I did have a somewhat eventful uh, weekend that I can share a little bit about. You should, because you and I, I thought about hollering at you to see how it went, but I wanted to save it for today. Mm-hmm. So the audience and I both are learning for the first time how you froze your nuts off. <laughs> yes, well, we, we had a... <laughs> We had a thorough uh, investigation, <laughs> pre, pre-show, uh, a thorough inspection, I should say, uh, TSA style. Okay. So while everyone else was going about their real lives in this frigid February weather, yeah. you, you doubled down on it and you jumped into an ice bath. I did. Of sorts. All right. So, so, tell, so walk us through what you did this weekend. Twice, no less. Twice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, long story short, and I'll give just a little background. Um, I was at a two-day Wim Hof workshop this weekend, and for those of you who don't know, Wim Hof is a, a Dutch gentleman who is a subject of uh, at least a couple documentaries, and he's done all these uh, insane feats of cold exposure. Hmm and also some wacky um, immunity-based stuff that I think probably in today's climate we probably can't talk about without getting taken off the internet. So I won't even go there. Yeah, we don't have the same cloud as Joe Rogan yet. Right, right. I won't even even tempt the algorithm. Spotify will boot us, no problem. Yes, yes. Uh, So I won't go into the immunity stuff, but let's just say that this guy, uh, Wim Hof, has really emerged probably over the past, let's say, um, eight to 10 years as um, uh, a bit of an icon in the wellness space, kind of like more in like the kind of fringe, hardcore wellness space. Yeah, I was gonna say fringe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not as, um, you know, well known as like your, uh, uh, who's, the, who's the doctor that got like jail time for selling acai berries. Uh, I don't know. He was like the main guy on the doctor's television show. Oh, and he got arrested and went to jail? Uh, I don't know if he went to jail, but he was, she was charged with something. Okay. I forget. But in any case, for some people, uh, Wim Hof is like, uh, you know, like our modern day prophet. And for most people, he's just this uh, weird guy who... <laughs> who uh, talks funny and is a little erratic, a little eccentric, and uh, does funky stuff in, in the cold. So I um, watched, uh, he, he was on, he was the subject of a Vice documentary. Mm. I think that, that was his big first um, kind of pop into, into the mainstream. Um, his Vice did a documentary on him, which I'm pretty sure you can find on YouTube for free. Um, and it's, it's not that long. I think it's probably even under an hour. Um, but all that to say, um, his basic breathing exercise was something that I experimented with kind of in the early days of, uh, you know, my, um, you know, getting into training. And it's something that I kind of fell in and out of the habit of actually doing Mm. Um, these uh, breathing exercises. But um, when I moved to Nashville, probably within six or eight months of moving to Nashville, Dave Whitley um, became one of the first Wim Hof instructors in America when he actually started doing like an instructor, you know, like mentorship program or whatever. So uh, Dave actually did a two-day workshop himself where he kind of blended his style of kettlebell training with Wim Hof breathing exercises. And hmm. I, I did that workshop back in the day, and that was really, really fun. Did you have to swing ice-cold kettlebells? No, but that would have been, that would have been fun. <laughs> uh, 
so I've kind of been doing the, uh, the Wim Hof breathing on and off over the years. The whole cold exposure thing is something that is obviously not the most fun thing to do. I always consider myself as someone who has thin skin. I don't really like the winter. I don't really like the cold, per se. I don't really feel like I do very well in it. Mm. I'm kind of a, a wuss in that sense. Um, but when the opportunity presented itself this last weekend where Dave was actually co-hosting a two-day workshop with a guy named Jesse Coomer, who was another Wim Hof instructor from Illinois, I believe, um, I jumped at the opportunity to go, to go check it out. And by jumped, you mean into an ice bath? I jumped into an ice bath, yeah. Um, so I've actually, I haven't done a lot of uh, research into Wim Hof himself, but I have seen, um, you were talking about a Vice segment. Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel did a segment on him, I think just last season. And um, you're right, he's kind of an eccentric dude, but... Effect, like the short end of it is he very much enjoys cold exposure and through these breathing exercises has found a way to en- enjoy and not even just endure he enjoys that cold exposure he takes ice baths like every day he just like gladly and willingly just sits into a tub of ice water and yep. enjoys it he's also done some crazy you know physical feats of, of strength he's done like marathons in like Antarctica or something like Sub like frigid temperatures, like run marathons, done a lot of hikes. He's like hiked mountains wearing like gym shorts, yeah, and no shirt. Yeah, we're talking about mountains covered in snow. I mean, not just like any mountain, right. mountains covered in snow wearing gym shorts. So he's pretty out there, pretty wild. Um, but that's the extent of, that I understand anything that he does. Um, and I did enjoy the segment that they did, and and because of because of who he is. And because of what he like tries to teach, he's also been the subject of a lot of like n equals one studies on how can this guy possibly endure like frigid temperatures without succumbing to like frostbite or hypothermia or whatever. So I don't I've never read the studies to see like like what's going on there physiologically, but I mean he's a he's an interesting man. I just to your point, I don't love being ice cold. So I'm not going to go sit in an ice bath unless right. I'm dying of like heat stroke. Right. But otherwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it's funny. I think like, um, we've talked about this a lot. Like I am someone who will simultaneously drink the Kool-Aid, but mm. then also, um, not necessarily be an evangelist for anything other than the, the res- like, I, I'm not necessarily going to evangelize a certain person mm. or, or even a certain, like, methodology of, let's say, training or, or diet or anything else. I'm going to put it through my own filter, and then I'm only going to stand behind what I myself put out. Kind of like eating a cherry and spitting out the pit. Or kind of like eating hot wings and the degree with which you clean that bone. Sure. If I had to put it this, I don't yeah. know why that just came to mind. Maybe I'm hungry for hot wings. But you know those people that can like clean the bone. Yeah. And then there are people like me that just eat enough of the meat and you're like, that's fine, I'm done. That's fine. I don't need yeah. to eat the, the tr- like whatever trimmings on the edges. Just, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And like honestly, it's always kind of the assumption that the breathing exercises and the cold exposure like are knitted together. But honestly, from my experiences, they're kind of two separate things. Hmm. Like, I don't necessarily think that you have to do the breathing exercises to be, like, desensitized to the cold. I don't even think that's, that's the issue. I think they're complementary, but they're actually um, different. Now, of course, there are, like, breathing and mindset... Um, tactics for handling the cold better Mm. but the actual bulk of the breathing exercises are taught and performed and practiced like 
by themselves, independent and irrespective of any of the cold exposure. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who's, who's, you know, has a big raised eyebrow, I would very much start with uh, the breathing exercises because it's, it's something that you will uh, experience like immediately and you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to jump into a, an ice bath to experience uh, the benefits. So, well, all right. So, so what's, cause I don't know the breathing exercise and I don't know the benefits. What have you, what's been your experience? I don't, you don't, you don't have to demonstrate the breathing part, but what has been your experience doing the breathing exercises and the benefit that you've either acutely or, um, the opposite of acutely, uh, uh. Um, what is the opposite of acutely? Long-term. Long-term. Sure. Whatever. Sure. Uh, benefits of doing those breathing exercises. Sure. Well, chronically, <laughs> chronically. <laughs> um, so I will say that the, so, so the gist of the, the main like Wim Hof breathing technique which you can Google, you can YouTube, um, is basically a form of what you might uh, consider like hyperventilation, mm. followed by a period of breath hold. But hold is not even necessarily the right term because you're not, you're not forcing your throat closed um, and you're not, you're not holding any sort of... Um, any sort of undue pressure through the lungs. So the goal is to actually keep an even air pressure mm. in the lungs. So you're not holding in tight and you're not, you're not holding, you're not holding an inhalation or an exhalation tight. You're right. just, you're just, yeah, you're just neutral. So it's not like you took a deep, big, deep breath in like, right. I've got all that pressure that right. I'm like, like squeezing down, you're yeah. just like it's not a Valsalva maneuver, right? You're just hyperventilating, and then you just basically close your mouth and stop breathing. Yeah. Stop breathing. Yeah, hold, I guess. you said hold for for how long? Yeah, well, so that's where things get very interesting. So again, just just to reiterate, you're not, I guess, holding your breath would be the correct term, but holding the breath has a connotation for most people of being super tight right and that's that's not what's happening you're really just ceasing to breathe <laughs> kind of as, as weird as that a is a controlled cease uh, a controlled cease so all that to say um one of the cool things that people have started um understanding a little bit more through the work of patrick McEwen with um with his book i forget what it's called um, and then the book that came out just, I think, a year or two ago called Breathe. Um, people are starting to understand a little bit better, like, the role of oxygen and CO2 in the body. Mm. And it's not, it, people think that, like, okay, to uh, effectively oxygenate the body, we need more oxygen. And that's actually not the case because oftentimes, um, getting enough oxygen into the system is not an issue. Like, like your, your O2 saturation is pretty high unless is, you have COPD, but yeah. Right. Unless you have COPD, your O2 concentration is like always 99%. Yeah. So the, the tricky thing is, um, is actually taking a renewed look at the role of CO2. And actually when we have, uh, more CO2 buildup in the system, that actually triggers the release and the delivery of oxygen. So there's actually this kind of weird, almost counterintuitive dance between CO2 and, and oxygen. It's a chemical reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. You ever, so before the Wim Hof stuff, did you ever hyperventilate, like actively hyperventilate and then hold your breath? Mm. You know what's funny? I have like random flashbacks of me like as a kid, like taking like long deep breaths and then noticing that I could hold my breath without the need for air for mm -hmm. an extended period of time. I, I don't know if that's actually my mind playing tricks on me. Uh, I don't know if that's like a false memory, but 
Well, probably not, because what, what, so I, I, before the Wim Hof thing, and I didn't know the breathing exercise, as a kid, I messed around doing this, but also, I was a bad, I'm a bad, I'm a bad swimmer. I'm a decent swimmer now, but I was a bad swimmer as a kid. I also have inner ear issues, and I can't hold my breath for very long. Like, mm -hmm. I take an asthma, I, I have asthma, so I have a form of COPD. And I can only hold my breath probably for about 20 to 25 seconds. Like, if you said, hold oh, wow. your breath for as long as possible, I could not make it past 30 seconds. I just can't. Oh, wow. But if I hyperventilate, right. I can. Not because it's just a chemical reaction. What, what you've done is you've flooded the system, your body full of, so I don't remember the name of it, but, but basically you're hyper-oxygenated. And chemically, that's out of balance with homeostasis. And so you're able to hold your breath longer and sort of use that oxygen and turn it and burn it for a little bit longer and bring that, that saturation, that high O2 saturation back down to normal levels. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a chemical reaction. Yeah. Yeah, right. There's really, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing, uh, there's really nothing mysterious about the breathing exercises. It's really just a, kind of a more extreme like version of that simple chemical process. Right. So, so really the, um, yeah, so the gist of the basic Wim Hof breathing exercise is to get into that hyperventilation, get into that, um, get into that state where you can turn breathing off and as your CO2 is rising, you are not experiencing any need for any extra air. Hmm. And it's, uh, it can be an extremely uh, fun form of getting high on your own supply. Well, so when was the last time that you got like vomity sick? I uh, remember the last time I did, but but do you do you remember anything about it? Uh huh. Did you notice your breathing pattern right before it? No. So. <laughs> Let's just say I was not aware of much. <laughs> Fair enough. Next time, next time you're sick, like like food sick, and I rarely get food sick. Knock on wood, I rarely get food sick. Um, and I've, I've been sick before, but when right before, just notice your breathing pattern right before you're about to vomit. Because what's happening is usually you hypoventilate, so your breathing is very shallow. Mm. And so, again, it's this chemical interaction that's going on in your body where because you're hypoventilating, you're, you're reducing your oxygen intake. You end up mm. changing your like, Thank you so much. blood chemistry. I think it becomes more acidic. And, okay. and then you end up vomiting. Interesting. Um, thank you so much, Jeannie. Drinking that oatmeal stout again because it's fabulous. It's amazing. Hey, yeah, Zahn's Brewing here in Nashville, Tennessee. Listen, if you haven't, if you have not, what's the um? You're you're really gonna drink without cheersing me. You have a bad habit of doing that. I do have a bad. We habit. should maybe it's we should start actually saying the um, the the catch line, the tagline here for a masterfully designed beer, say Zahn's. Look at that. Okay. For a masterfully, that's, it's a little bit of a mouthful. For, we need to wait, we need to not drink first. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to practice that one a little bit. For a masterfully designed beer, say Zahn's. Okay. Yeah, so hey, come have a beer here at the Choich and tell them that Andy and Zach sent you. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should get like those, uh, the tokens that they get, like two for ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. There's something we could do with that. I'm going to think about it later. Anyway, yeah. going back to what we were talking about, hypo and hyperventilation can change your blood chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so going, from, going from hyperventilating, where you're, you're flooding the system full of oxygen, you can hold it for a lot longer because then you end up burning through that excess store of oxygen or whatever until you neutralize. I think oxygen is a positively charged ion. Sounds right. I think so. And CO2 is, in, I don't know. I, I need to look this up. I can't remember from my physiology days. But point is, 
Yes, you're changing your blood chemistry, and your body likes homeostasis, so it will do a lot of cool things to try to bring you back down to normal. Yeah, yeah, and you know, to get to get right down to it, uh, I kind of look at it as a form of active physical meditation. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, like you know that uh, as granola as this is to say. I'm, I take my meditation practice not seriously because um, I think that almost kind of defeats the point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of get you. You know yeah. what I mean? I it's don't like, meditate, but I get what you're saying. Right, right. So it's, it's something that I do. It's something that I enjoy, and it's something that brings benefit to my, my life. Um, and over the course of years, um, I've done a lot of kind of what you would consider like physical uh, meditation, meditation practices based in your actual physicality, Hmm. right? So um, for those who, you know, have a hard time just like sitting there and doing nothing, I totally get it. If you have a hard time kind of clearing your head, I totally get it. But uh, I don't know, man, You you do some of this Wim Hof breathing and when you're sitting there in your you know, breath holds, uh, you're just like, you're totally zenned out. You might be a little bit high on oxygen too. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know? So I'm not, I'm not here to say that like, it's a, uh, you know, that there's anything, anything outside of just base chemical processes going on in your brain and your body. But what I am saying is, well, isn't that what all of training is? Just just base chemical reactions going on in your body to elicit some sort of state or response? For you, maybe. I'm going to war, baby. Oh. No. <laughs> I always find it really funny when people are like, oh, the, the gym is my battlefield. I'm like, okay, your air-conditioned gym. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're in your perfectly calibrated plates, okay. Right. So I will say um, it's been something that, again... I've fallen in and out of the habit over the course of um, years, but um, to be honest, when I broke my leg and those first couple weeks when I was on like, you know, total bed rest, couch rest, um, the only like training standard that I held for myself was, hey, can I do three rounds of Wim Hof breathing? And hey, just one man's experience, um, it helped with pain tolerance. Yeah. It helped me relax. It helped me get jazzed up for the day. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I just, I encourage people to experiment with. Um, the major, I would say, asterisk, asterisk. Asterix? I can never say that word. Asterix? I'm going to let you struggle, and then I'm just going to nod my head. <sighs> I'm going to stop there. <laughs> um, is I would encourage people to take it slow and to get the basic technique and don't necessarily rely on the tempo of, like, a video or, or the app or anything. Um, because if you go at this a little too hardcore, you could trigger a little um, feelings of anxiety which is very easy for me to do. So what I actually found was um, I actually do most of the, the, the hyperventilation technique a little slower than most people and also primarily through my nose because I find that when I do it faster and through my mouth, I suddenly feel like crazy anxious. And huh. that is very uncharacteristic of my <laughs> of, say, of my never, general state i've never seen you all that anxious so okay yeah yeah so um and again these are just things you find out through experimentation and these are all things that you know they kind of offer as disclaimers um but it's also interesting to kind of feel for yourself wow if i breathe in this way through my mouth i go into a real bad place if I breathe through my nose, I go into a relatively um, uh, ecstatic 
place, mm. you know? So again, it's, it's a miracle of the human body. Like what's, what's going on there? Like we know that in general, nasal breathing is more parasympathetic, mouth breathing is more sympathetic, stimulating. So these are, these are all just kind of ways to um, really just kind of experience for yourself these physiological lessons that we learn in the textbook and you just you put it through your own experimentation and, mm. and find out so um, yeah so all that to say the breathing exercise how much does it uh, translate into physical performance whether that's like with endurance or anything else I don't know if there's any claims on on performance I don't really know but what I can say is that I myself anecdotally feel a little bit more at ease and and um i guess at ease would just be where where i would leave it i'm somebody who very much catches myself breathing into my shoulders breathing mm. shallow and i've just found that if if i can kind of uh, incorporate a little Wim Hof breathing into my morning routine with a little coffee, with a little reading, with a little meditation, with everything else. I just feel that I'm breathing deeper throughout the rest of the day anyway. Mm. So, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of the long story short on the, uh, on the breathing side of things. Okay. Well, tell us about the ice bath. Okay. So, uh, so the ice bath. Well, uh, again, cold exposure and ice baths, cryotherapy, whatever the, you know, the next iteration of, um, you know, extreme temperature exposure is. The, the thing where they, like Walt Disney, where you go into the cryogenic freezing and wake up one day with a zombie brain or whatever. You know what uh, I'm talking about? I, I think so. Um, did you ever see uh, Vanilla Sky? Yeah. Like that. Right, right. Did Walt Disney freeze his brain? Is that what he freezed? I think he froze his entire body. Oh, really? I'm pretty certain. Oh, wow. So we're going to have a zombie Walt Disney when we're like 80. <laughs> Honestly, I can't wait. <laughs> that, that was Vanilla Sky, right? The movie? I think so. I think that was right. Yeah. Yeah. That, like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So I am actually a clone of Zach Henderson. The Zach you knew is... You know the irony of this? Currently is, frozen this in a pod. Is totally unrelated, but instead of being frozen in a pod, likely I would imagine that the tech it's it would be more reasonable to upload your brain to a computer system than it would be in it, in my mind it seems like it would be easier, not easier, but the trend is more towards uploading your brain and psyche to a, a computer and living forever than the, an the old school analog version of having a body, Ugh. you know? That, it's an, that's a discussion we can have on like a training day, <laughs> like not for this podcast. Well, but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably where we're going. Right. You, what I'm saying is it would know, be more likely yeah. that you could upload your brain to a computer than it would be to be in a frozen chamber and then wake up one day because we're like, we figured out how to cheat death. Yeah, yeah. We figured out how to cheat death by uploading your live brain to a computer. Right. Sorry, Walt Disney. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny when you think about it. Like, Walt Disney was, uh, maybe I'm stretching here, maybe Walt Disney was like the Mark Zuckerberg of his time, and, and he did the best. When did he die? I don't 60s, know. 70s? Something like that. But he did the best that he could with the technology that we had at the time, which is just to freeze your body. I'm curious on what Mark Zuckerberg is going to do with his quote-unquote soul does he have one? Oh, oh <laughs> zing! Good oh. point. Good point. It's hard to save your soul when you don't have one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, the dude is making the metaverse, and the metaverse is going to be the new place where we're all going to live. I don't think I'm going to live there, but anyway. All right, let's. We're, we've gone way off <laughs> off topic. All right. So you were taking ice baths this weekend. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So. Uh, the uh, well, probably in the audience, you didn't just jump into an ice bucket and be like, "Oh shit," and then jump back out again. Right. The whole point is this exposure to stay in it. Yeah. Well, and then also let me give a little context. Like I've been taking uh, 
Contrast showers. Contrast showers for, I, I mean, especially during the winter, I will normally do them kind of off and on. But because I knew that I had this workshop coming up, um, I was doing them, you know, pretty much, pretty much every day. I do them in the summer. I don't do them in the winter. Oh, yeah? As, oh, I say do them. When I'm burnt, like, if I, especially if I've been doing yard work in, like, August, mm. I'll take a shower and I will very much, like, do the hot, cold yeah. Just as a part of like cooling down from, from being out in the yard in August. So, but I wouldn't do it now. Uh-uh, it's cold out. Right. Well, to me, I almost take like the cold environment outside as like the trigger in my mind that like, oh, I need to train myself for this weather by doing a little cold exposure. Just go walking around without it's- a shirt on like Wim Hof. I probably should. Good. I, yeah. <laughs> that. That's it. Uh, well, yeah, man. We talk, did we talk about doing yard work? when it, We've done yard work when it's cold out. Now, you and I both have limits. We're both like, nah, not today. <laughs> yeah. And in part, yeah. in fairness, it's not like we're out in the yard. We could go out there and do like body weight lunges or push-ups. That's one thing. But there's a lot of weights out there, and all of those weights have been sitting in the cold. So just yeah. holding them freezes your hands. Right. So it's hard to like weight train in that weather because everything is frozen yeah. already. But I would not be opposed when it's cooler out to to go out and do some cold exposure. I have a I, there's a reason I'm bringing this up, and I want to come back to it. But I, we keep deviating. Away. You took an ice bath this weekend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We keep falling off track. All right. I do want to come back to that part, but ice baths. Yeah, man. So ice baths. So that's how um, each of the two days um, ended. So on the first day, um, you could hop in. Um, They kind of gave you a max limit of 90 seconds. Mm. And on the second day, they gave you uh, a max limit of two minutes, I believe. Um, But you could also do like some other stuff in the ice bath like kind of transfer from one side to the other because really if you're just hanging out there like just still your obviously your body warms the water around you so if you're just totally still like i mean obviously it's still an ice bath but if you were to just like move your arm a little bit no it's exponentially colder oh wow so if you literally just stand up and then get back down, it's it's a whole nother challenge to to, to kind of do. But all that to say, um, really, you just you just kind of go in, and I think more than anything else, um, it's an opportunity to find that point where your body goes from like brainstem survival mode to relaxed right so somewhere between 20 and 40 seconds of hanging out in the ice bath you go from what i would almost describe as like an un a semi uncontrollable like panic breath Mm. you know it's like you're literally getting like the wind knocked out of you when you get when you when you jump into the ice bath. Um, but if you just relax, you smile, you try to take over your breathing, right? Cause breathing is one of these, um, actions of the body that is both autonomic mm. and conscious mm. controlled. So it's like consciously control your breathing, consciously control your breathing. And, after approximately that 30 second mark, you can kind of feel the brainstem let go and let the neocortex take over, so to speak. Hmm. And so it's like, okay, now I'm breathing. Oh. Now I'm controlling my breath. And it's, it's very interesting to, on the one hand, feel that happening yourself, within yourself, but then to also see it in other people. Because you can kind of see like, in the eyes, in the face, obviously in the breathing, there's freak out, and then at a, and then one breath later, it's chill. Hmm. 
Unrelated, but related. Do you think that's a skill set that you could use if you were having like a panic attack? That sure. that's a little different, a yeah, little bit tricky. But sure, sure. Yeah, if, and if you could in the moment consciously, you know, accept or be aware of what's going on in your body, and then like work through the breathing and see if you can. can I, I know that this is an actual thing in therapy. I'm not a therapist, so pardon my butchering of all this. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that's something that would be easily applicable to any stressful situation? Yeah. Or do you think it's only cold exposure? No, man. I think it's, you know, I think, again, this is the, the miracle of training. Is like there's, there's things that we willingly and consciously subject ourselves to. And a big reason that we're doing this is so that we can build the skills and resiliency to handle things in real life. Mm. So, again, I am, I am far from an expert in in anxiety um, or, or any other issues that, you know, would, um, would necessitate or, or, or benefit from the guidance of a professional that's not a meathead personal trainer. Sure. But, I mean, all this to say, it's like, if, if we're reading between the lines here, this is just a whole nother form of training that can help translate into other areas of your life, Mm. you know? So, so again, that's, that's where we kind of hit like this funny, you know, this funny conversation is like, we can talk about, uh, the benefits or the studies or the science on the breathing techniques. We can talk about the studies and the science, uh, behind the practice of cold exposure and you know, draw all these lines here. And I think that's all great. But like, it's like at the end of the day, for me, I just kind of see it as another way to uh, express my physicality, to kind of see what I'm capable of, to see how my body reacts or doesn't react. And that's, uh, I mean, again, you know, I always kind of bring it back to this whole esoteric idea of, this is what training's all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like that's kind of one of my one of my cliches. But so I kind of view uh, these things as all part of like the training process. Like we're just doing some stuff with our body in small doses and controlled doses, and we're seeing what the effects are, and we're just we're just going from there. So far be it from me to say that it's right or wrong for anybody else. Um, but I mean, (laughs) let's be honest, um, you know, especially if you're someone of like, let's just say European descent, Mm. your body is probably like (laughs) over, over the process and course of evolution, you know, your DNA has been exposed to a lot of snow, a lot of ice, a lot of cold weather. And it's like, it, it probably behooves us, our physiology, in some way to be exposed to these extremes mm. in the same way it benefits us to be exposed to, like, heavy lifting or hard cardio in some kind of way. There's That hormetic effect is in play with this kind of stuff in a similar kind of way than it is for, like, training in the gym. So I'm glad that we that you sort of wrapped on that point because that's kind of what I want to come back around to um, for two unrelated reasons. Today, when I was – so I work in the gym, and oh. I have a gym. Oh, and advanced training and conditioning? Yeah, that just so happens to be the name of Whoa. it. Um, so I work in a gym when I listen to music all day. And the first thing that I want to do when I get in the car, because I don't appreciate this – I don't I say I don't appreciate – because the silence makes me uncomfortable, I turn music on. Even though there's nothing, and, and I've been, I think I've been complaining about this for a while, there's not any music that I've been listening to lately that I really want to hear. Like, I would not consider myself an audiophile, but I love music. And lately, there's not been a single artist or song or anything that I'm like, man, I just really got to listen to this. So what I did today is what I normally do, which is cue the music, even though I don't want to hear it. Because like, I'm more afraid of silence than I am of music I don't even want to listen to. Now, this is a very light 
and I'm going to get I'm, I'm going to go deeper than this. This is a very light um, uh, 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 example. God, I want to say option. I was like, well, it's not option. Very light example. Um, We're having trouble with our words. Today. We are it's, having trouble with our words. It's okay. Very light example, but the point being, I was more uncomfortable with silence than I was with music I didn't even want to hear. And so I forced myself to be a little uncomfortable and I shut it down. I was like, I'm just going to drive in the quiet and enjoy the quiet. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, maybe there are certain things in my life that are a little uncomfortable. And, and by little, I mean, this is, this is a great example for that. Silence in the vehicle is very little uncomfortable, right? I was like, maybe there's something to that. Now, one of my clients is a lacrosse coach. And over the weekend, he and the high school kids that he coaches were on this, like, away in, like, Columbia retreat. And they got up at 5.30 both mornings and were doing, like, basic stick skills, basic agility drills in 19-degree weather. Now, I laugh with them about it because I remember being that athlete, and I hated it then, and I hate it more now. I don't know what it is about as I get older, but the idea of being out in 19-degree weather and doing anything at all is very uncomfortable. That said, piggybacking off of taking ice baths, there was a part of me that was like, maybe there's something to that. Maybe, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and start doing agility drills in 19-degree weather, but maybe there is something to being exposed to and savoring an uncomfortable environment to some degree like cold exposure to your other point the heat now i love the summer most mostly because i typically am pretty lean so it's okay so and then i can walk around with my shirt off and i feel good about it and i wear short shorts so i wear very little clothing in the summer when it's like 98 degrees and humid and i love it i thrive in it to a point there's i have my limits there too boy summer but the point being is now I live in a gym and I live in a home and now we're recording inside of like a, our studio, our church. Yeah, our church <laughs> brewery studio. Right. But beyond training, beyond lifting weights, there's not much in my life that makes me terribly uncomfortable. As yeah. a former lacrosse athlete, I started the season in February in Knoxville. I remember playing, we played Mars Hill, North Carolina, South Carolina? South. South Carolina. Mars Hill, South Carolina. It was like 18 degrees on the field. There was ice forming on my face mask from my breath. That's how cold it was. And I was miserable as fuck. Miserable. I fucking hated every second of that game. Hated it. Because everything hurt. Everything was... It, like, that, that's a, a new level of cold. And everything... Like, I was, I was warmed up. I've been doing my drills, warming up or whatever. But every single step on that field was painful. But is there something to that? Is there something to being exposed to a pretty extreme environment and being forced to perform? This is, and this is going back to the yard work. If we can muster up the, the testicular fortitude to go out on that yard when it's 30 degrees and lift weights in that cold exposure, and just in, in the point, you know, we never have a plan for... Um, for our yard work days, but just lift and move and sweat and, and try to stay warm or whatever. There's a part of me that kind of misses that extreme environment. The most extreme environment now is the gym for me. Like that's it. In other words, pretty soft lifestyle otherwise. Yeah. So there's a part of me that wants to explore the idea of training in the cold, right. training in the heat, and seeing what I'm capable of doing and exposing my body to extreme conditions that I haven't done since I was a college undergrad. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. You know, I mean, again, it's the, the whole exposure effect, the hormetic effect, which is subjecting yourself to reasonable amounts of stress over the course of time widens your comfort zone. Mm. It widens your, your abilities. So 
you know, in the same way where it's like, you know, in modern civilized society, we go from our bed to a seat at the kitchen table mm-hmm. to a seat at the car to a seat at the office to a seat at the lunch table table <laughs> <laughs> back to the seat in the car back to our seat at the dinner table sure. back into the bed mm-hmm. you know so it's like you're always just sitting somewhere in probably air controlled con- air conditioned in air con- yes in yeah. climate controlled conditions right. so it's like a big part of working out is we are subjecting your body to stress that you otherwise don't naturally get exposed to in your day-to-day environment. Right. You know, and we know that that is ultimately good for you. Right. That's, that's why we have a job. Well, and, you know, <laughs> right? also we, we have designed an environment to eliminate discomfort. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. Even walking to work isn't a thing anymore. Or yeah, uh, not really. Hunting and killing your own food. I'm being like extreme because or whatever. But the point being, it's fairly easy to uh, to get from A to B. Yeah. To acquire food, and to be sedentary, in a, and then and live in climate controlled environments. So our like our environment in terms of overall physiological stress. Now I, I won't get into like mental health anxiety, all that, but in terms of physical, physiological stress, our environment tends to keep us pretty narrow. Yeah. Like we we are very comfortable in this, in these very narrow parameters. Yeah. Training to your point takes us out of those parameters a little bit, depending on how hard you train. Yeah. Takes us out of those parameters a little bit, but other other than that, when I get in the car and I drive home, I'm not rolling the windows down, you know? Yeah. I'm craving that heat. I'm getting comfortable. Yeah. And I'm probably going to listen to music. Sure. But I kind of like this idea, even though I didn't, I didn't do the ice baths with you this weekend, I kind of like this idea of stretching that, those limits a little bit on occasion mm-hmm. of, of doing yard work when it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. Also, it looks cool for the ground. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. Instagram has a big... Like the temperature, the icon or whatever. So yeah. everybody knows that we're out there in sub-freezing temperatures in t-shirts and shorts. Instagram is so. a big component of this whole, of this whole charade. Right. But yeah, man, no, it's, it's exactly the same thing. It's, you know, we often don't subject ourselves to temperatures higher than 75, lower than 65. Right. You know, if we're... If the temperature is below 65, we've got a coat on. Mm-hmm. If the temperature is above, 65, uh, above 75, we've got the AC on. You know, so, so there's definitely something to, to that idea of just, you know, subjecting yourself to uh, these extremes, like in the same way that we do in the weight room. And the way that I kind of like to think of it is like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm sitting here in a temperature controlled room. I have my jacket on. Yeah. Like I want to, like I'm comfortable. I want to be comfortable. So like, I don't need to live my life like the Iceman. Right. right, right. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to show off how I can, you know, hang out. And then here's Andy putting I'm his jacket little, back on. I've been on. chilly for like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't need to, uh, you know, live the lifestyle of someone who doesn't own a coat or who doesn't have central air in his apartment. But what I can do and what I am willing to do is to take very brief periods of time, like a cold shower, like an ice bath, you know, fill in the blank. And, And I am willing to take, you know, let's say, you know, a few minutes, a few times a week to just put that stressor that you stress on my body Hmm. because a long term who knows i mean listen i'm not here to tell you that like this stuff is going to make you live longer or is going to give you a six-pack or anything like that sure what i am here to tell you is that like i think mentally it does some great stuff for you and i think at least in the short term physically it will do some great stuff for you like even if you just finish your regular shower with 15 seconds of cold water on your back 
you get, whoa, hey now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get, you get a little jazzed up, you get the wide eyes, like suddenly, you know, your brain's like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> you know, your, your uh, breathing quickens a little bit and you get a little jolt, you know, in a, in a similar way that you might with, you know, some coffee or, mm. or whatever. But again, we're keeping it, uh, we're keeping it all natural and working off the chemicals that are already swimming up here. And I think exploring and experimenting with those chemical reactions, so to speak, um, is a fun thing to do. And hey, until we're 100% plugged into the metaverse, we still have a physical body walking around in the physical world. So you may as well kind of experiment with it and see what feels good, see how you can challenge yourself. Because at the end of the day, if it's all going to be a game in the metaverse anyway, it's all a game <laughs> here as well. So I kind of take that, that kind of playful attitude about it. Um, and so, yeah, so the whole breathing stuff, all of the cold exposure stuff, all the mindset stuff, I just kind of, I just, I kind of have fun with it. I play with it. I'm not too serious about this stuff. Um, but when the opportunity comes up where I can um, go deeper, so to speak, into the practice and, and meet other kind of wacky, like-minded people, um, I'm, I'm always up for it. So that's why, you know, um, I, I go to these, these events and these, and these workshops to put myself on the chopping block, so to speak. Because, um, you know, otherwise I don't have a horse trough in my backyard or, <laughs> or on my patio, right? So, um, yeah, the best that I can do is just filling my bathtub up with ice, which I've done a few times. And that's, that's pretty challenging in and of itself. There's a lot of bags of ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously mostly water, but just, uh, just getting it as, as cool as you reasonably can. So, yeah, so these are all things that, um, uh, I, I mean, again, if we're talking about, like, what, what Zach does um, in the realm of training a little left field of just lifting weights, pretty much the first thing we hit is um, mindfulness exercise, breathing exercise, and inconsistently, I would say, this whole cold exposure idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great way to end this podcast, brother. Cool. <laughs> right on. Well, anything you want to wrap up with? The only thing I was thinking about, like in terms of like the gym, I've, and I've joked around with the clients, but I am being serious. It's a joke, but it's also I'm being serious. Anytime we get close to like new weight or a PR and uh, we're talking about it I'll tell my clients if on occasion what we're doing in the gym doesn't scare you a little bit mm. we're not training hard enough mm. so now I don't believe that every single time that you go in the gym should be you know flirting with your ultimate limits I don't but on occasion and we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast on occasion we should explore what getting really uncomfortable feels like. And I think that's sort of the, the theory that, the, God, I'm losing my words today. Thesis of this entire conversation is sometimes we should really stretch our limits in terms of what comfortable feels like and what uncomfortable looks like and feels like and how we can explore it and endure it and um, see whatever benefits come from it. So, and training is very much like that. Again, not every day that you go in the gym it should be like an all-out battle, try to figure out what your limits are. But on occasion, it's, it should scare you a little bit. So, get comfortable getting uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes that means jumping into an ice bath. Sometimes it means turning off your radio in your car. And sometimes it means setting a squat PR. <laughs> I swear the last time I squatted, because, you know, I hadn't squatted something in a long time. And I think it was like 300 and it was like 305 or 315. 
and I hadn't touched it in over a year, well before I, broke, I busted my bicep. And it did, it scared me. There was a tiny bit of doubt in my mind that I could actually do it. And that's what I'm talking about. There should be a tiny little bit of doubt on occasion that you can endure what you're about to endure. Bruh. Otherwise, you may as well live in the metaverse. Right? In some carefully curated, algorithmic bed. <laughs> yeah, man. This ain't, uh, this ain't the Truman Show, okay? Yeah. I'm going to live that analog life where my 1985 shitbox Toyota might kill me. Literally, not figuratively. I'm talking about literally kill me. It's all part of the fun. <laughs> It's all part of the rush, baby. <laughs> all part of the fun of driving a vehicle that doesn't have airbags. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, again, thank you so much to Zahn's Brewing here in Nashville, Tennessee, for the hospitality, for the beers, for the conversational lubricant. We will be here again next Monday, A to Z, no BS. We will see you next time. Bye.